You were made to count. You and I have a drive for significance, a desire to have impact on this world and on the lives of other people. And that's placed in us by God. That's a really good thing. One of the primary tools by which we do that is our words. The encouragement or inspiration or challenge or questioning or love or comfort or tenderness or exhortation that we put into one another's lives marks us. Sometimes for a very, very long time. What a great thing it is. Imagine life if there was no such thing as words. God began everything with a word. It is the expression of personhood, of thought and emotion and will. It's a very good thing that you have this gift. But we have problems with words, at least I do. Really, I only have two problems when it comes to words, and they are that I sometimes say things that I should not say, and then I sometimes fail to say things that I ought to say. Other than that, I really don't have a problem. Nancy and I were having dinner with friends just this last week, and we had agreed to meet at a particular time at the restaurant. Nancy and I had to drive there separately. I got to the area earlier, but I was sitting at a table getting some work done and didn't know exactly where the restaurant was and didn't allow enough time to get to the precise location. So when I got there, Nancy and the other couple were already there, and Nancy said, you're 15 minutes late. My immediate response was to look at my phone and see that, in fact, I was only 11 minutes late. And so I said, actually, I'm not 15 minutes late. I'm only 11 minutes late. Um, Subtly and cleverly shifting the topic of conversation from my tardiness to her exaggeration. Why do I do that? Because the correct response would simply be, you're right. I did not allow enough time to get here. Sorry. Wasn't a huge deal. But that was the, the, the problem was that the desire inside myself to defend myself, to want me to look good, to want somehow to be able to avoid saying I'm sorry for something or acknowledging that there are habitual tendencies in me that are off, that pattern is so close to the surface that it just takes the tiniest little incident to trigger it. And then I say what I ought not say when I want to be the kind of person that could just simply graciously, appropriately own I was late. Also this past week, Nancy and I were in conversation with a couple who have young children. They are very dear to us. We're staying at the same place. We're all going to be leaving on the same day. It's been a pretty long stay. When you have little kids that age, it's like traveling with the army. There is so much paraphernalia to bring that you need a director of operations. And so as we were talking about the day that we were going to leave, Nancy said, we'll be glad to stick around till 10 o'clock or so and help you guys get loaded up. Now, I'm an early morning person. I love early morning. I love the quiet of it. I'm an introvert. I love getting a cup of coffee. I love being on the road, getting to wherever I'm going to go. So I have a big space. My immediate response in that moment was, hey, who made you volunteer queen? Who authorized you to sign me up in terms of how I would spend my hours and who I'm going to help? And then I was reflecting on that the next day, thinking these are people that I love and I teach about 
living in the kingdom of God, who is a servant-oriented God, who loves to be of help. I talk about stories like the Good Samaritan that Jesus told and about how Jesus washed the feet of his disciples and set a pattern so that we would do what he would do. I know, I know, I know, at least at some level, I want to be that kind of person with a generous spirit who gives. But apparently not all of me. Apparently not in that moment. And so what didn't come out of my mouth in that moment is what I know I would love to have come out of my mouth. So really, those are my only two problems with words. Sometimes I say things that I shouldn't say, and sometimes I don't say things that I ought to say. Now, there actually is a practice that you can engage in. We're going to try it today that enables us to not be enslaved by the patterns of speaking and not speaking that lay so close to the surface that are embedded in my body. And that practice is the practice of silence. We're learning from the masters these days. This is from Henry Nouwen, who writes wonderfully about uh, the value of silence. Silence is an indispensable discipline in the spiritual life, he says. Ever since James described the tongue as a whole wicked world in itself, and silence as putting a bit into a horse's mouth. That's in James chapter 3. Christians have sought to practice silence as a means to growing in following Jesus and gaining the gift, the power of self-control. Part of why he writes this is because uh, he says, this is in his book, The Way of the Heart, over the last few decades, we have been inundated by a torrent of words. Wherever we go, we're surrounded by words. Softly whispered, loudly proclaimed, angrily screamed, words spoken, recited, or sung, words on records and books on walls or the sky or screens, words in many sounds, many colors, many forms, words to be heard, read, seen, or glanced at, words which flicker off and on, move slowly, dance, jump, or wiggle, words, words, words. They form the walls, ceilings, floors of our existence. It wasn't always that way. There was a time not long ago without radios and television, stop signs, yield signs, bumper stickers, the ever-present announcements indicating price increases or special sales. There was a time without the advertisements which now cover whole cities with words. Recently, I was driving through Los Angeles and I had the strange sensation of driving through a huge dictionary. Wherever I looked, there were words trying to take my eyes from the road. They said, use me, take me, buy me, drink me, smell me, touch me, kiss me, sleep with me. In such a world, who can maintain respects for words? All this is to suggest that words, my own included, have lost their creative power. And yet words are themselves spiritual entities that can have great power. We're told that God created the heavens and the earth by his word, the expression of his mind and his intent. And that when Jesus came, he reflected the message of God so deeply that in the gospel of John, he is simply known as the word. In the beginning was the word. Often followers of Jesus practice silence um, simply because it is so hard to talk without sinning. Proverbs, I think it's 19.10, says, Where there are many words, sin is not absent. And that's a good reason 
to practice silence sometimes is just to learn I can survive without making sure everybody knows that I'm right about stuff. Freedom comes through silence. But Henry Nouwen talks about another positive, more positive meaning of silence. It protects the inner fire. Silence guards the inner heat of religious emotion. This is the inner heat of the life of the Holy Spirit within us. Silence is the practice by which the inner fire of God is tended and kept alive. Diadachmas of Fotiki offers a very concrete image. He says, when the door of the steam bath is left continually open, the heat inside rapidly escapes through it. Likewise, the soul, in its desire to say many things, dissipates its remembrance of God through the door of speech, even though everything it says may be good. There, the intellect, though lacking appropriate ideas, pours out a welter of confused thoughts to anybody it meets. Then it no longer has the Holy Spirit to keep its understanding free from fantasy. Now it talks about how sharing has become one of the great common values. Anytime anybody says anything, we thank them for sharing. It was so good of you to share this. He says, this shows that the door of our steam bath is open most of the time. So take a moment now to close the door. Habakkuk said, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. For a few moments right now, be still, be silent, saying nothing, and listening, listening for the word of God to express love and guidance and care for you. For a moment now, be silent before him. Thank you, God, for your word and for the gift of silence. Keep me today from misusing words. Guard my mouth. Help me not to say what I ought not say. Help me to be quick to say what needs to be said. Help me to guard the silence within so that the fire can burn. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us here at becomenew.me. If you'd like to receive the daily emails that go along with each video, let us know at becomenew.me at gmail.com. Or if you want prayer, you can text us at 855-888-0444.